This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for online creatives. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 11. Kat Molesworth is a blogger, photographer and vlogger and founder of Blogtacular, an annual UK conference for bloggers and social media folk. She's also a font of knowledge on all things internet and blogging related, so I wanted to get her take on the future of blogging and whether or not it's really all that important for online creatives like us. Hello. Hey, Sarah. Good to hear from you. Thank you for talking to us today. I'm really excited to be on. You've been doing great things with your podcast. Well, thank you. I'm a big fan of your podcast too. In fact, I've been on your podcast, so it's nice to be returning the favour. That's true. You'll find the link to that interview in the show notes, everyone. The professional. We're in the presence of a professional. Let's start by telling everybody about what you do. So my name is Kat Molesworth. I am a photographer, a blogger, um, a vlogger. I run a creative blog conference and I'm basically just trying to do all the things. All of the things I can do, I'm trying to do them. Whilst being a mum and doing all the other things that are on your plate as well. Well, yes, I have children, but you know, I try to not talk to them or make eye contact so I have more time for work. So <laughs> They just get in the way, don't they? So selfish. <laughs> so something we've talked about in the past is blogging. Um, blogging has been a big part of my life and a big part of your life and there is a notion that goes around online at the moment that blogging is over that blogging is dead what's your stance on that so I think that's a very interesting and very divisive thing that a lot of people use as a headline and have been doing since I I think I remember my first one in 2009 so it's not a new concept but I think what people associate with blogging is that old idea that people would come visit your blog every day to see if you'd written something, they would comment on it and they would have this relationship with you. And that is the only place that they could reach you. Whereas now we have so many different channels for people to reach us on. They can come to us on Instagram. They can message us. They can email us. They can tweet us. They can watch our Instagram stories. There are just so many different touch points that it might feel like blogs are lost in the noise but I still think they're a relevant core part of your business model. It's essentially like the idea of having a street address. So you have all of these transient platforms like Instagram and Twitter, which are wonderful in the moment and have deep connections, but they aren't as long lasting as a street address, something that people can search for online, somewhere where people can come and consume large amounts of your content. Definitely, because things like Instagram and Twitter are incredibly transient. However brilliant the content you're posting today, tomorrow it's going to be further down your feed and in a week or two it's going to be pretty much invisible. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't catch somebody online on Twitter or, you know, get into their what you missed while you were away little section of their feed in the first sort of few hours, then it's just gone. It's like a moving stream. And what you put out there is relevant in the moment, but nobody comes to your page to read all of your tweets unless they're hate reading, in which case they should probably just not. Maybe get some therapy. Yes. So do you still blog regularly? Well, that's interesting because I don't blog as regularly as I used to. I have just put out my first post in maybe two months because, as I said in my intro, I'm trying to do all of the things and that can be really overwhelming. So when I pitch work, I tend to think of it as sitting on my blog and also moving out to my other channels. But over the last six months, I've been creating a video every week and that consumes an awful lot of brain space. It absolutely does. I have had a little go at vlogging and found it 
overwhelming and exhausting and had to put the camera down because it's with you all the time in a way that those other mediums like Instagram or blogging doesn't have to be. And Kat is showing me now on the Skype camera that she is vlogging as we speak. I am literally vlogging this bit. You know, I'm hungry for content. I think when it comes to vlogging regularly, can be once a month. That's what I keep telling myself. But if you want to grow an audience, if you want to give them something to expect, you do need to turn up on a weekly, if not more frequent basis so that people have something to come back to that they know when you tweet something it's the next installment, something to look forward to. And you've got to give them that anticipation and build trust before you can go AWOL for a month, as I have been doing while I'm dealing with overwhelm. And, you know, it's still there for people. There's all of your archives and you can share everything that you've written beforehand if you are going through a period where you're not blogging. So I do think that while regular blogging is really important, taking time off isn't the end of the world. It comes back to that thing that I spoke about a little bit in my episode on mailing list as well, where it's really an audience that you own you're in charge of that platform entirely yeah unless you're using a blogging platform but most people are self-hosted these days and so you reach out to them on your own terms when you want how you want and people are coming there specifically for you so it's a, you've got a lot more ownership of that audience than you do on something like Instagram where you're really beholden to an algorithm as to whether or not people even see it yeah exactly and having been on Instagram since the start I really thought that you know I felt very comfortable there and I had an expectation of what would happen when I post a photo and last Last July, when the algorithm really started to bite, I felt really bewildered when my images weren't reaching the same amount of people. Whereas on my blog, I can reach people because I can distribute it across a number of platforms, including email. And also, if you are looking to monetize, I still think blogs are incredibly relevant. Brands, if you're looking for sponsored work, they want to see that blog, they want to see decent readership stats. Yeah, exactly. And also, when you think about creating a campaign for a blog on Instagram, we can look at our charts and see how quickly post reach diminishes. Whereas on a blog, that might still be being searched four or five years on. I did a very crude post about painting my shed. I mean, it was several years ago and did a time lapse video with that. And that's actually one of my most searched posts. People come to find out how to paint their shed like a beach hut on this post that was part of a wider campaign. So it's a really useful piece of content because the paint brand and the DIY chain that I was working with will both get repeat advice about which products to use from their range. Love it. So a lot of people listening to this, a lot of the people I work with, I imagine they've probably got blogs that haven't been updated for a while, maybe a year or two. It's there on their site as part of their offering, but they're aware it's not really being used. What would you say to them? Okay, so if the blog is there for your business, my first point is if you blogged every single week for the next year, that is 52 new pages for Google to make you discoverable to your audience. So you have 52 new opportunities if you blog just once a week for a year for somebody to discover your site, discover your products, your services, find out about you. So in terms of just being a tool for expanding your reach, I think blogging is second to none. You absolutely cannot get that impact on Google through any other platform, except maybe YouTube, because that's the second biggest search engine in the world. The second thing I would say is, why did you fall in love with it in the first place? Or if you haven't fallen in love with it, what is it that's missing for you? So if you can connect yourself to that emotional feeling you get when you write something great and you share it and you get some kind of engagement from people, whether that 
that's sales or whether that's conversation or follows, whatever it is that you're doing this blog for, what was that reason that sparked your love in the first place? If you can rekindle that, then it's so much easier to start blogging again. And then the third thing I would do is give yourself time to plan the content. So give yourself the time to come up with ideas, to think about who you're writing for and what it is they need to know. So if you have these planning sessions and you're able to work up ideas, then when you're feeling at a loss for something to write, you already have a bank of ideas to go back to and you can just start developing them. That really helps me. I have like a whole list of titles and on a day when I know I need to write a blog post and I've got nothing to say, I just pull one out and get started. And things like the questions that your customers regularly ask you, the questions you're getting asked on Instagram all the time, the things that people are searching for and finding your website for, they're really good places to start because you know that people already want to know those answers and likely to be looking for them. Exactly. What problems does your business solve or what problems does your blog solve for people in their lives? Work backwards from there and create those posts. Because of course, not everybody listening will have a business and you just touched on that there, that some people are just blogging for pleasure or maybe just as a creative outlet. But I find it really helpful to still think in these terms of kind of who are your audience and what are they looking for? Would you recommend that? Yes, absolutely. So I always think about who is is somebody when she starts and it is a woman when she starts reading my blog what stage of her life is she in what's she thinking about and of course that changes as I change 10 years ago that would have been somebody who was a first-time mother 10 years on that's not the case you know I have three children who I ignore on a regular basis so <laughs> I'm not really talking about baby stuff much anymore although I do frequently hark back to it because there's a huge nostalgia there so I think about who the person is when they start reading my site and what it is they want from me and then I think about how my posts can help them so like you say what questions do people ask me over and over again they ask me where to take children in my local area and where to eat and so I'm going to start producing more content around that because actually I know quite a lot about where to take children <laughs> and where to eat in Hampshire and you're doing it presumably all the time so it means you can blog what you're actually doing blog your real life yeah. instead of feeling like you have to go and create content especially for the blog exactly and what better excuse to try every single breakfast in town <laughs> than, than to have the pressure of having to write a post about it. And then you can expense it because it's for the blog. Now that's the kind of thinking I like. <laughs> so we, you mentioned really briefly at the beginning about Blogtacular. Yes. Explain to anybody who's not come across Blogtacular before what it's all about. So Blogtacular is essentially a conference for people whose business is either online or their blog. So we have a day of workshops and then the day before we have an afternoon of photo walks, video walks and a party with our partners West Elm. And the idea behind the conference was to cre create a really high quality experience for people who want to go to an event and walk away with transferable skills because I was going to events back in the day and I would sit in the rooms and listen to people tell me their story about their journey and think well that's very nice but I can't replicate that mm. in my business so I once went to a talk about publishing a book and the person told me that they got their book deal because their brother-in-law was a publisher <laughs> and I thought well that's really great but my brother-in-law builds planes he can't <laughs> help me um although if I need an ejector seat he's got my back yeah you're you're in there exactly um so I wanted to create something where we use the community to really provide value to anyone who's attending 
And one of the cornerstones of the business from the start was that we would pay bloggers because no event was paying bloggers. And it just really rankled with me that Mm. they would have sessions on making money online and tell people that they shouldn't accept no for an answer about being paid and then not pay the people who were making their money. And the third sort of pillar of Blogtacular is really the community. So what I never anticipated, because I'd never been to an event where I felt like there was an embracing community, I hadn't anticipated what it would be like to be in a space with so many creative and interesting people and make connections with them and essentially find your tribe. Because that had never happened to me before. I didn't realize that's what I was creating for people. And that to me, is the best part of Blogtacular now. Uh, we were chatting the other day about the fact that I'm going to Amsterdam this weekend. I'm going with three people I met through Blogtacular. So it's definitely something that can provide people with like professional networks, with support, and just with other people who you don't have to explain what you do to ever. Yes. If somebody says, what do you do? And you say, I'm an Instagram influencer. They say, oh, that's interesting. What kind of photos do you take? They don't say, what? What does that mean? How do you even make money? That's never going to happen at Blogtacular. People get what you do and that's a really lovely place to be. It's so valuable to have that community online to support you and to kind of bounce ideas off and also to go to when things maybe are going a bit shit and not going the way you want them to. And Blogtacular really does that. It is a community online year round, isn't it? Beyond the conference that happens in the summer. Exactly. We have Facebook groups. We have weekly chats where you can learn and share your ideas. And we try to be really generous with knowledge and with community and support because that is what makes a difference to people's blogging experience to their Instagram experience to their career online and that's what's important to us is that we're a catalyst for people growing so all of that online content is free isn't it people can just come and get involved exactly and that's what's really great about what we do is that if you can't come along to the conference because we know we're far away from many people or we might not be in your budget this year for your business you can access every Everything that we know and all of the support online it's not quite the same but you know it's still amazing to have people around you every single week love it so it sounds like you have a lot of free time on your hands have you got anything else coming up well it does feel like I'm just basically doing nothing most of the time so yes <laughs> Blogtacular is actually going to be putting on further events during the year so we're Ooh. not going to do any more big conferences because one a year is like a huge undertaking, but we will be doing smaller training events and they will be on like super niche topics. So it might be that we'll do a whole day on monetizing your blog and you'll have the opportunity buy into a mastermind so that you can get direct feedback on your work or you can just attend the day at a lower ticket rate. Uh, We'll probably do one on getting started in blogging. So for people who are in the first two years of blogging, who are really finding their feet and looking to move forwards, you know, what can we do to support them? We'll have classes that are based specifically around people's needs on these events. So we can go a lot deeper than we can at the conference because we need to cover a wide range of topics at the conference um, on these individual days, which will start in the autumn, we'll be able to go a lot deeper. That sounds really exciting. And immediately as you're saying that, I can think of so many topics that people will be desperate for information on. Exactly. And you've got the contacts, you've got the network of people to bring all of that together. Well, I like to think so. But I mean, we're very, we're in a very lucky position that people come to us with ideas and with pitches for sessions. So our job is to work out 
which ones we can't do in a year rather than look around for people these days. It's really exciting, actually, just as an aside, I'm very excited for you. Are they <laughs> are they all going to be London-based? Is that where most of this is happening? Yes, and the reason for that, I don't live in London. I would love to do classes in my hometown, but it makes a lot more sense to do it in London because it's easier for people to get there. The amenities are there, and it means that it's more likely to sell. We've trialed the idea of events in say Birmingham before and just got very little interest so you know for better or worse we're sticking with London for now. I found the same I have loads of people clamoring saying do workshops up north do things up north and I live up north so I've tried it and ticket sales are always so much slower and it's just so much harder to get things moving so yeah I understand why everything ends up happening in London and I've kind of fallen into that myself. Exactly it's it's really sad when these things happen and I do know that there is a blog event that does happen in Manchester I think it's called Blogs Up North or Blog On or something like that and they do a really nice event up in Manchester so if people are looking for things in the north of England definitely go and check them out and I've just partnered with the Blog Squad Leeds which is another northern little collective kind of trying to bring people together up here so we do exist there are northern bloggers there are so many bloggers in the north and I think that people can look at some of the bigger bloggers and think oh well they're London based because a lot of their content is in London that's actually only a handful of people there are really thriving scenes in Wales in Bristol you know in the southwest in the north in Scotland and it's about creating your own scene and I think that's where people feel a bit nervous but you need to create a tribe of people and promote each other so create a happening for yourself rather than you know looking around and saying there's nothing happening so blog squad leads sounds brilliant it sounds like a group of people who are going to promote each other do things together create content that lifts each other up and that's exactly what we want to see in the industry and it's also it's so easy to fall into that trap of seeing okay the big bloggers are doing this they're all in London they're all doing a certain type of content I feel like you have to emulate that and actually that market is oversaturated and what Mm. we need to be doing what everybody needs to be doing is finding their unique voice and putting out content that isn't already represented. Yeah, it's your point of difference that makes you. You know, I am an extremely plump middle-aged woman and people still absolutely die when I put a new outfit on my Instagram. I get so many messages asking me where I got it, what the fit's like, what the sizing's like. And that's because they're not represented in the mainstream. So if you can find where your people are not represented and speak to them, you have a niche immediately. You have something that can thrive and grow because you're providing something that isn't out there. I was speaking to um, somebody on my e-course actually just yesterday and she was saying that she feels really self-conscious putting her hands in pictures because she's older and her hands show her age. And she feels like everyone on Instagram is really young. And I said to her, well, until we see older hands on Instagram, if everybody hides them, then we'll all believe that, that everyone's young on Instagram because everybody else is hiding. And exactly. somebody needs to step up. And then you look at people like Baddie Winky, who's absolutely owning Instagram, or um, Susie, who came to our conference last year, Alternative Aging. She was recently featured by Instagram. There are women leading the way. But if we hide ourselves away, if, if we allow prejudice to make our decisions before we've even put something out there then we'll never know how people will react i think that's such a powerful message so for anyone listening who is struggling with juggling all of the different platforms and feels like they cannot do everything at once how would you recommend they choose which one to focus on at the moment if it should be blogging should it be video should it be instagram well i mean 
that is the $64,000 question, <laughs> isn't it? Um, if you're like me and you want to do all the things, you know, try all of the things and see which ones get a good reaction for you. But if you haven't really started, pick one or two platforms that resonate for you. So it might be that you really, really love Instagram stories and talking to people and showing them your process and that you can go so much deeper. I mean, there are people who are doing amazing things with Instagram stories, such as and Smile Studio. She does beautiful sketches and she takes people behind the scenes as she creates them. She's really, really talented. And I think for her, she was doing it on Snapchat before and has brought that over to Instagram. For her, that's where her growth is coming from. It's because she has a really strong and powerful story to tell and she's found a way to tell it. So think about where you feel comfortable and then also think about where your audience are. If you are trying to target um, late middle-aged women, there's absolutely no point of being on say Twitter or Snapchat because the majority of them aren't there. Go on Facebook, however, and you can reach them really, really easily. And my goodness, do they love to share if my mother is any example. <laughs> so, you know, think about what resonates for you and where you can tell your story, but then also where are your audience? Where are you going to find them? Because if you put all of your effort into a platform where you aren't discoverable by your audience, it's basically for nothing. But I would always say have a blog and it comes back to that. These are ways that people find everything else that you do. So your blog is a way that people can discover you from Pinterest. It's a way that people can discover you from Google image search. It's a way that people can discover you when they're looking for answers or recipes or they want to read something because they're up in the middle of the night feeding a baby. There are just so many different reasons why somebody would come to a blog. Long form content is always going to have a place in the human heart I think and just spending time thinking about how you can be useful and how you can deliver something wonderful to your audience I mean you just have to look at hurrah for gin yes. and the massive strides that she's made using Facebook and her blog like her targeting plan is just genius I see it I see her images and her blog posts shared on a weekly basis through my friends network and many of them won't think that they're reading a blog they just think it's a website. And so you have to think about how people will discover you and what that content can do in the world. That is such an empowering message and I think a perfect place to finish it. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Oh, it's been a joy, Sarah. Thank you. I will throw all of your links into the show notes and I will round up all those recommendations you've just given as well and put those in there too for people. Enjoy reading, guys. There are some like superb blogs that have been mentioned. Awesome. All right, and we'll let you get back to doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you will find details and links to all that we've talked about today over on my blog at meandola.co.uk forward slash podcast 11. Also, I'm looking at maybe taking a little break from recording this over the summer or possibly just dropping down to fortnightly episodes and I would really like to hear your thoughts. Will you keep listening? Do you have a preference? You can leave me a comment on the blog post or you can tweet me at meandola and help me decide what on earth I should do. I hope that you're having a wonderful week and I will see you next time. Bye.